plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you for joining me. I am James Rapine. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. You can subscribe iTunes, audioboom.com, on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. If you want to weigh in on the show, you can also email me. James Rapine at iHeartMedia.com. And Joe Goodberry, our buddy who's joining us, he'll be joining us during the offseason to talk about the draft and free agency and all that. Well, he just had his third child, so we took a break from our 2016 season in review. Joe does join us now. Joe, appreciate you joining me. How much sleep, if any, are you getting right now? Thank you, thank you. I'm sleeping fine. My wife, not so much, but everything's good on my end, and everything's good with Mama and the baby. Good, good. That's good to hear. I'm glad everyone is doing well. Congratulations on my end or from me. I'm sure our listeners also want to uh, congratulate you. You can by tweeting Joe, at Joe Goodberry. And let's dive into the secondary, because it's the one thing we haven't talked about when we look back at the 2016 season. Let's start with a guy who's been in the news quite often, and... To me, his play slipped up a little bit, but he was effective this year. When you look at Adam Jones, Joe, I might move on from him, not necessarily because of the distraction, not necessarily because of his play, but because of what you could lose if you don't free up that money, that $6.5 million. I'd move on from him. But with that said, when you look back at the 2016 season, what do you see from Adam Jones? It definitely wasn't as good as the previous year. Uh, in 2015, I thought he was the best corner easy, hands down. And uh, he was kind of rotating still a little bit with with uh, with Van Hall. And, you know, they're trying to mix in their quiz and hard when they could. But this year, full-time starter on the outside. And um, he was kind of up and down a little bit. I, I don't know if it was kind of some inconsistencies on the rest of the defense because it seemed like that's the way the, the whole defense played, especially in the beginning of the year. Uh, but Pac-Man had his issues with with uh, zone zone defense. I thought he was really over-aggressive uh, at times, jumping into other zones, jumping into other uh, other responsibilities. You know, He does that to try and bait the quarterback sometimes, to try and break up a pass. And, and I understand it, but it did get them beat a few times, especially in that back corner. I felt like uh, – uh, in the red zone, offenses were definitely targeting him in, in the red zone. Uh, overall, though, he I thought he rebounded and I thought he played well. I thought he tackled well too. Um, he's still good, and but I, I, I'm with you on this is probably a good time, as good a time as any, really, to get out of that contract. With he's got two years left on it, but the last year is an option. Uh, they can save six and a half million and some change if they if they did release him, knowing that Trey Kirkpatrick is a free agent. Knowing you drafted William Jackson in the first round last year, you still have Dark West Denard that you need to get some snaps in the final year of his deal, and you like Josh Shaw, I think this is a perfect time to get rid of him. Now, if you lose Kirkpatrick, and maybe that's what they're waiting for, uh, to see if they can come to an agreement with Kirkpatrick, if they can, that, then uh, use that money to help sign Dre. Uh, if they can't, 
I think the, as a, from a football standpoint, you might want to keep Pac-Man just to be sure on uh, to have one starter. You know what you're getting in him, and you would move uh, Jackson in the Kirkpatrick spot. So maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe they're waiting here if there's a suspension. Maybe it's four. Maybe it's six games. And if so, again, that saves you a roster spot for six weeks if you didn't want to keep him, and then he's kind of a bonus in the second half of the year. To me, Joe, I look at it in – any player can be a distraction when they're still really effective. Odell Beckham can go to Miami every week. I don't care if Antonio Brown wants to Facebook Live everything from the Bengals locker room if he wants to join the Bengals because he's that good. But in Adam Jones's case, he's 33, going to be 34 years old. I, I do think he's one of those freak athletes that can play into his late 30s. But looking at the cap number, to me, it just if you're going to lose either – Andrew Whitworth or Kevin Zeitler or Dre Kirkpatrick because you can't afford to pay him or pay one of those guys or you can move on from a guy who's heading he's on the back nine at least at at the cornerback position still getting in trouble off the field it just makes so much sense to me to move on to keep those three guys I thought they had a perfect chance to move on after last year and after last year's playoff meltdown where he was front and center of that uh, instead, they decided to send him to a three-year extension and draft the first-round corner. So uh, it's really hard to to predict what they're going to do at that position and what they're going to do with him. Uh, but I'm in agreement. I think this is the right time to get to get out of it. To don't tell me you can't sign Kevin Zeitler or Drake Kirkpatrick or or Andrew Whitworth, and then you hold on to guys like Ray Maluga and Pac-Man Jones that account for ten million dollars against the cap together. Um, and you let cornerstone guys like the three free agents they have walk away. So, uh, you know, if everything goes right and they retain their three guys and they and they want to keep Pac-Man, I can listen to that. But at the same time, if they use it as an excuse for why they can't sign one of the three big free agents they have, uh, I think a lot of people have issue. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine, joined by Joe Goodberry. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, let's talk about a few of the other uh, cornerbacks. Let's stay there with the cornerback position. Josh Shaw. To me, Josh had a, a pretty good season. It appears like he's ahead of Darquez Denard in the pecking order of, of, of the cornerback and on the depth chart. What do you think of, of Josh Shaw's performance in 2016? I thought he was surprising. And one of the young key guys that are actually getting snaps uh, and playing well. Even if limited, I think they really know what he is and what he isn't. I think that's half the battle uh, for Josh Shaw and for a lot of young guys is how do you use him, what situation can you keep him out of. And for the Bengals, uh, they started him in, in camp, I believe, at safety and then had a string of injuries at corner, and they had to move him back to corner. So they, they keep him inside, uh, closer to the middle of the field, in, nickel, in the nickel corner slot. I think that's definitely his position. Uh, looking at him at college, he, he played on the outside, but he moved within safety. He moved to the nickel corner. He looked much more comfortable there. He looks much more comfortable uh, in tight spaces, with facing the ball, with his eyes or in, in, into the interior of the field where he can play the run. Uh, he can use better in zone. I just think the, the nickel spot is made for him. And he, they tried to rotate Darquez Denard in there into more third and long situations, obvious passing situations. Um, Situations where they're going to play a little bit more man coverage, which I think they like Darquez Denard a little bit more in that than they do uh, Shaw. I do want to see them use Shaw a little bit differently, just to maybe some curiosity if he can play a little bit more safety, 
play a little bit more outside corner on the boundary. Um, but I do think what they're doing with him is, is the right idea because I, I do think that's where he excels. Uh, he's strong. He's a great tackler. He's got a great, strong physique to him. If he's a nickel corner going forward for the next four or five years, I think they're in good shape. Joe, when you look at a guy like Darquez Denard, who we've seen some but not a lot, is he someone with limited snaps and limited tape on him? When you watch him, do you think he can be a starter on the 2017 Bengals? It's hard to say 2017 because you really don't know what's going to happen right now with Pac-Man and Kirkpatrick. Pac-Man could be cut. Kirkpatrick could be gone in free agency. And if that's the case, then, yeah, I can see Denard starting easily. Um, but I think if he comes in now and those two guys are retained, I still think he falls behind uh, those two guys on the outside. I think he falls behind William Jackson. Uh, I think the way the Bengals talked about Jackson, he was a highly graded corner for them, he, higher than Denard, higher than Kirkpatrick, to be honest. And uh, I think they're going to give him every chance on the outside to start. I think right now Denard's going to have to uh, battle with Josh Shaw as the nickel corner and then back up both outside corner spots if everybody is brought back. Now, if they lose one of the guys, if they if they cut Pac-Man, uh, Denard has a chance to play. Uh, he can Maybe he could beat out uh, William Jackson with a strong uh, fourth year in the league and finally getting some snaps. Maybe he, he takes the next step in, in development and can play on the outside. But just looking back into college, because that's really the bulk of the tape we still have on him, he was always a guy who was limited athletically, and we've seen that. We've seen him with deep speed, uh, struggling to cover guys on the outside. And I thought he had issues with ball skills. And I think we see that again on deep balls and on the one touchdown I'm thinking of uh, uh, against the Ravens where the ball just basically goes over his head and he, he's almost oblivious to it. I think Brashad Perryman caught that touchdown. Uh, a lot of the same issues have showed up, but I thought he, he tackled well this year. I thought he played the run well this year. Maybe that's watching Josh Shaw and a little bit of, of that rubbing off on him, but at the same time, I saw that at, at Michigan State also. So he's kind of an enigma still. I, I don't think we fully know what we have uh, in him. and I, I think it, it's one of those things where everyone's frustrated because going into year four, you still don't know what you have in a first-round pick. We're talking Bengals with Joe Goodberry. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Let's let me rephrase that. Let's say Dre Kirkpatrick gets paid elsewhere. Someone breaks the bank and offers him thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year, which I know I probably know pretty much for a fact that the Bengals would not pay, and I wouldn't blame them. Let's say they decide to move on from Adam Jones because they're tired of the distractions and he's thirty three, thirty four years old. Would you be comfortable with Darquez Denard? Josh Shaw, William Jackson III, Kivare Russell, and maybe another or, or a rookie that they draft, maybe two rookies that they draft, or a rookie and a veteran who's just a complimentary cornerback. Would you be okay with those six being the, the cornerback room for the Bengals next season? And the, I think the, the last two points or, or additions you made were the uh, are probably the key factors here. They probably yeah. would dip into free agency and grab a guy that that is decently cheap or maybe a high upside guy for on cheap, maybe like a Morris Claiborne of the Cowboys, and it's someone who could start but who's kind of dealt with injuries also. Uh, so maybe he'd split time. And then that you, I could definitely see a day two, second, third round pick, maybe even a fourth rounder, maybe multiple cornerback picks uh, if that was the case that they lost both their starters. Uh, I really liked William Jackson, really did. And, and I think he's, even if they keep Kirkpatrick, Jackson's going to end up surpassing him at some point, whether it's this year or next year, just based on talent, based on what he showed in, in, in college. Uh, he has all the makings of a number one corner. Uh, 
so I still like Jackson. I, I still like maybe Denard is you know the weak point in those three in those three in that scenario. But I think a lot of teams would probably take that if for those three corners. Shaw has played well. Uh, Jackson it should be a top fifteen prospect in most drafts. Uh, you add that at corner, and Denard was a first rounder. If he's your weak link. I think that's better than a lot of teams, even in the division. That could be better than the Steelers' corners. That could be better than the Ravens and the Browns' corners. To be honest, the Bengals have good depth and good talent, uh, considering Kirkpatrick and Pac-Man. The, de- the depth is better than half the teams in the league. I still feel that way. And that, I don't think that's me being a homer for the Bengals. I think they've invested a lot of resources in that position. And in a scenario like that, it, it would benefit them. Let's move to the safety position, Joe. And, I, I think it's interesting because about four or five games into the year, the Bengals were getting beat deep. And instantly you had the the Sean Williams shouldn't have been extended and Reggie Nelson is the guy they're missing. When you look at Sean Williams, we'll get the George Iloka, obviously he's the bigger name. But when you look at, at Sean Williams, can he be the starting safety long term? They, they're paying him like it, but do you think long term he's he's going to be a good option? Kind of hard to say that uh, and be completely sure because he only started a handful of games before they extended him anyway. So it was kind of a leap of faith uh, on their own part of the limited snaps they had and the limited games started they had, plus what they know of him and what they've seen him in practice and special teams uh, to make him a full-time starter and pay him decent money. He's not making crazy money, but it's starter money. And, uh, yeah, I, from what he showed, I thought they settled in nicely. It's, it's really the theme of the entire defense is they started off really rocky, pointing the finger at each other so often on big plays, and then they got it together. And everything started to gel a little bit more, and everyone started playing well. And I thought Sean Williams ended up being a pretty good player for them. And I went back and reviewed a little bit. Cause I, I think Pro Football Focus had him graded as their best uh, player in secondary, and Bleacher Report's weekly grading system had him as, as their best player in the Bengals secondary also. So I went back and watched a little bit of Williams, and – yeah, I thought he did play pretty well, especially versus the run. And he brings some physicality and, and and some tenacity and a little bit of effort on a lot of plays. And, yeah, he has something to offer. And I think the combination of him and Iloka uh, is good. Good Two good young safeties that aren't breaking the bank right now that should be the starters for the next two or three years, if not four years. I think that would make a lot of teams envious because – Safety position is extremely weak around the NFL. If you just watch the Bengals, you may get a little frustrated with Iloka dropping some interceptions or Sean Williams missing a tackle or blowing a coverage. When you go watch around the league, there is some bad safety play. And guys that just stay in the league for 10, 12 years, bouncing around from team to team starting just because the play is so bad. Uh, The Bengals are in a good situation at safety. And I like Deron Smith. He, He spent a lot of the year hurt. But from what he showed in the beginning of the year and in preseason and camp, again, for year two two years in a row, I really like the, the idea of him as a third safety. Uh, I think once we get to draft talk, though, there are two legit, like, top five talents in this draft class. And, and people have said, well, do you take one of those safeties because they're such good prospects uh, at number nine if one's there? And I think that's a discussion uh, to be had. But knowing what how the Bengals feel about their guys – uh, Sean Williams and George Iloka, uh, I think that's a, that's a conversation that maybe we'll have later when we get into the draft. Speaking of George Iloka, a year ago, we were worried that he would be 
gone in free agency. The Bengals were able to get him, keep him around for the next five years, four years left on his deal now. You like that deal. You like the idea of having George Iloka here in the backfield or in the, the secondary for the next couple of years, I take it. And he got less money than expected. I yeah. think that was one of the, one of the shocks too, because agreed. Uh, what they what he got, I, I figured the Bengals would be comfortable giving him the, the contract he got. I'm like, yeah, they would do that. But I thought he would get more elsewhere. Maybe he did. Maybe he chose to stay with the Bengals. Whatever the scenario was, I I do like Iloka. Not only is he big and athletic, he plays the deep free safety spot as well as any safety in the league. He's not Earl Thomas, but after that, I. I I think as a deep free safety, you're getting as good a play out of Iloka as you can find in the NFL because, uh, what was it, the Miami game is probably the last, uh, but Kenny Stills touchdown in the first drive, I think, to Miami was the last time the Bengals really got beat deep mm-hmm. over their head, and that was on Sean Williams more than anything. But Iloka just really doesn't let plays over the over the head of the defense. He, his range is great. Uh, I do like his ball skills. I thought he dropped four or five interceptions this year that if he catches half of them, uh, the year looks even better for him. I think he has one of those years in him, one of those years where he's going to have five, six interceptions, stay healthy all 16 games. Uh, he's physical. He can hit. He can cover tight ends. They've done that. I think I always think of the game a couple of years ago against the Saints where they really used him and Emmanuel Lemur to uh, – to really box and shadow uh, Jimmy Graham, and he did such a good job there, and they've used him like that before. Uh, I like that little guy. I think he's a rare talent. I think he's a rare blend for his size and cover skills. Uh, I'm very happy with him as, as the Bengals' free safety. So overall, when you look at this secondary, and let's say, let, let's just play devil's advocate, let's play worst-case scenario. Uh, tomorrow the Bengals move on from Adam Jones, and then for some reason Dre Kirkpatrick says, you know what, either he gets paid elsewhere or he wants to go elsewhere, he leaves. Do you think that this secondary overall has still they'll be able to survive losing Adam Jones and Dre Kirkpatrick? Yeah, I think they would be able to survive, to be honest with you. Kavari Russell, there's a third-round pick as depth. Uh, like I said, I think they would add another corner in the draft. And then the biggest thing to really help your corners is a pass rush. And I, that's probably the biggest need on the team right now. If they come with the ninth pick with a defensive end, maybe it's Solomon Thomas from Stanford. Uh, maybe they come in the back into the second round and grab one of the defensive ends there. Uh, grab an interior pass rusher, maybe Andrew Billings this year. Maybe it's Marcus Hardison coming back. Maybe they draft a guy. Um, I think a pass rush helps those corners immensely. And if, if you, don't, you say those are your three starters and Denard, uh, Jackson, Shaw, and then you got two good young safeties in Williams and Iloka and Depth and Jerron Smith. I think they're they're pretty good, especially for talent and youth in the secondary, if that's the scenario. And in that case, you add a pick at that spot, and you try and draft two more pass rushers and really make up the difference that way. He's Joe Goodberry. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. He's going to be joining us tomorrow to discuss Kevin Zeitler, the free agency. We ran out of time today. I'm going to bother Joe again tomorrow. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Follow me on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Go subscribe right now. iTunes, audioboom.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. A lot to discuss tomorrow with Joe. I'll ask him. I'll give him my quarterback theory. A lot of people are making fun of my quarterback theory. I'll run it by Joe tomorrow as well. Appreciate you listening. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast.